0: Thank you for tuning in to Hill Country Fellowship's audio podcast. We hope you're encouraged and inspired as you listen today. For more information, visit us online at hcfburnit.org. This week, uh, we're continuing our First Timothy series, uh, Stay the Course. Last week, we looked at the, big, the first part of um, the, the first chapter there in 1 Timothy 1. And today, we're going to be uh, walking through 1 Timothy 1, verses 12 to 20, as we finish up this chapter And and in it I found such an interesting thing because Paul's writing to Timothy who took over a church that had a a number of issues just because life happens and then they're in a city that had a ton of issues because it's like wicked, wicked city and then You have people coming in trying to change the gospel, change the story of Jesus, uh, change the resurrection, change your status as a believer. I mean, just bizarre stuff. And so Paul's writing to Timothy on what to do. He's also telling the church, this guy knows what he's doing. Those people don't. Uh, And then stay the course in this city and all this stuff. And throughout the entire book, the letter that Paul wrote, but we call it a book, Paul can't help himself. He just constantly breaks into Oh my goodness, look what God did for me. I mean, it, it reminds me of a lot of people in this church, you're, you're walking through maybe a, a health issue and, and and you just can't help but talk about Jesus while you have cancer. You're, you're walking through a relational struggle and it's just like, okay, yeah, but I can't help but talk about Jesus. Or you're walking through uh, life as we as we have it in our, in our America today. And instead of getting sucked in, to the stupidity, you can't help but talk about Jesus. That's what Paul's doing here. He's not even necessarily teaching us, except he's teaching us. And, and it starts off right away, he's in this part here, he just he just talks about being captured by grace. This was me, this is what I did. This is what Jesus did for me, it's amazing. Oh yeah, I know you're living in a city that worships the occult, but look what Jesus did for me. It's a beautiful picture of how we ought to live. And so we're titling it, Oh, What Mercy, because that's what Paul's talking about. He simply couldn't stop sharing his story and and the redemption story of Jesus as a whole. And so we're going to take it in in three chunks today. And it's interesting because, like, he talks about redemption, but then we'll see at the end, there's some dark stuff he has to deal with and some uncomfortable stuff. And if you ever came to know Jesus and were like, I can't wait to know Jesus because then I never have to deal with uncomfortable stuff, pull your head out of the sand and realize that life happens and we got to walk that stuff through. But we have a guide. We have a guide here. We have a guidebook here. We have a guide actually from heaven dwelling in us called the Holy Spirit. And then we have a community of believers and we, and we do it with, with great wise counsel based in this led by the Spirit of the living God, looking at Jesus all the time. So Paul starts off in First in Timothy 1, verse 12, and he says, I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has given me strength to do his work. He considered me trustworthy and appointed me to serve him, even though I used to blaspheme the name of Christ. In my insolence, I persecuted his people, but God had mercy on me because I did it in ignorance and unbelief. Oh, how generous and gracious our Lord was. The actual meaning there is, He had superabounding grace for me. Grace alone from heaven is superabounding. And then Paul added in like an extra superabounding there. He, he filled me with the faith and love that come from Christ Jesus. So, Jesus saves a blasphemer named Paul who is also a murderer of Christians, as we did for a living. And he was given, like, paperwork to do, to do that. And he's on his way. And so Jesus saves him. And then Jesus considers him trustworthy. This guy, that guy. Remember the guy that was, you uh, murdered your buddy and murdered your buddy. And remember Stephen? We all love Stephen. And, and Paul was the one that got him murdered. Yeah, he's trustworthy now. Uh what? I mean, can you imagine? And and not only did Jesus consider him trustworthy, but then Jesus appoints Paul to be his personal representative to share the gospel, the main man on the road, the main main apostle over the newly formed church. Peter's like the main shepherd, the guy who denied Jesus on the night of of his death, is the main shepherd of the church, and Paul is the main apostle of the church. It's like, uh, who's who's drafting? And you know, anybody ever have like a football team? You're like, who are they drafting? I mean, I've done that my, my year at times with the Cedars fan. I'm like, well, I don't understand the draft picks. Can you under, Can you imagine them going, and Jesus is is he still drafting? Is he still making those picks? Because Paul and Peter? Like, come on, man. But that's the that's the story we get to start off there. Paul is talking about. He saved me, this was me, he saved me, and then he appointed me, and he considered me trustworthy. His writing here to Timothy shouted how overjoyed he was. We sang the song about basically just, wow, 10,000 reasons, I'm going to shout for joy for what you've done for me, I'm going I'm to declare what you've done, I got 10,000 reasons to be excited. And, and, and nowhere, like we sang earlier, does fear have a play in my life anymore. Like, I'm just, I can't help. I got to shout it out. I, I got to let it out. Paul's like, I got to let it out. And here's the thing, in every section of this first, first chapter, he, he breaks into shouting and praise. And this has to be one of the most dramatic confrontations in history, this road to Damascus moment that you can read about in Acts chapter 9. Jesus meets Paul on the road to murder, and then he asks him to stop murdering after blinding Paul with a lightning bolt to the face. I mean, that alone is like, wow, that's, that's a Hollywood movie right there. A few days later, Paul gets filled with the Holy Spirit, and scales fall off his face, and then he sees again. Can you imagine being in that house at the time? You're like, okay, he's coming in. It is Paul, but he's blind at least. And then when it all happens, we don't know, but something like the form of scales literally falls off his face after he gets filled with the Spirit. So the first thing he did was get baptized and became this new follower of Jesus, whom he used to persecute and murder the followers of. That's the guy who wrote the book that we're looking at. So in verse 15 through 17, we read this, moving on. He says, this is a trustworthy saying. And everyone should accept it. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, to bring sinners back to life. And I'm the worst of them all, Paul says. But God had mercy on me. I was captured by his grace. So that Christ Jesus could use me as a prime example of his great patience with even the worst sinners on the planet. Then others will realize that they too can believe in him and receive eternal life, all honor and glory to God forever and ever. He is the eternal king, the unseen one who never dies. He alone is God. Amen, Paul says. Verse 15 right there is for all of us to learn and remember. I want to read it to you from from Some of you have the ESV version, and I, I want to read it to you from the ESV version. I printed this off from my phone, and it, it, I don't know if it can get smaller, so I might have to just put it right here, but, uh, but it's in the ESV. It says, this saying, this is verses 15 and 16, this saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance. That full acceptance means you, you believe it, you remember it, you live out of it, and you never stop. It's not like, yeah, I accept that. No, no, it's not a thumbs up. It's a, it's, a, it's a theme, an anthem. You live by it all the time, Matthew. Never stop. And here's the, the trustworthy saying. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Amen. Period. And then he says, of whom I'm the foremost. Now, is he beating himself up? No, he's giving hope to all mankind. That's what he's doing there. It's not... It's not self-deprecating deprecating a remember you're a sinner, remember you're a sinner, remember you're a sinner, stay low, don't, don't get too excited. No, it's not that. The point is, everyone can get saved. There's not a person in this room, there's not a person listening online, there's not a person listening on the radio, there's not a person in your life that you know or are connected to that cannot be saved. That's what Paul is saying. That's the point he's making. Not beat yourself up. It's Hey, you all got a shot. You all got a shot. From the poor house to the White House. Amen? All got a shot. And I know, I'm like, well, really? This is Scott Flesh going, oh. Even in New York? Even in New York. We all got a shot. Everyone has a shot. Of whom I'm the foremost. But I receive mercy, listen to this, I receive mercy for this reason, that in me, as the foremost, Christ Jesus might display his perfect patience as an example to those who were to believe in him for eternal life. Everyone can be saved. Now, do people get saved with lightning bolts to the face anymore? I don't know. I haven't heard about it. Maybe. There are radical salvation stories. There just are that have nothing to do with a person talking to a person. But I would guess that 99.99% are when we believers talk to those unbelievers and tell them our, oh, what mercy stories. Can Jesus do it outside of a human being involved with that human? Yes. Does he? Sure. Does he most of the time? No. We're the vessels. We're the messengers. We're the mouthpieces. We're the stories. We're the foremost. This is how I used to be. This is who I'm now. Yeah, Can I share with you how much God loves you? That's the point. So as, as Paul's writing this, he's saying, verses 15, verse 15 is what you have to learn and remember and live out of. As he's writing that, it's what it's all about, that Jesus came into the world to save sinners. For Paul, I was this blaspheming sinner and then Jesus came and He met me on the road to destroy humanity and He saved my soul. That's what it's all about. That's what matters most, that they can receive eternal life. That anyone can get saved and receive eternal life. Anyone In fact, let's just stop for a moment. Let's just pray for a moment. Who's that person? Like you, you think of that person right now, and you're like, that's the person that I know who's the farthest away from being saved by Jesus. Maybe it breaks your soul, just crushes your heart that that person doesn't follow Jesus. Maybe that person walked away and made a den- like denounced Christ, and that hurts you. Maybe that person is is a burr under your saddle and it's like they're so far away from Jesus and I I have such a hard time with them. Who's that person right now? We're going to pray for that person or maybe that couple right now. We're just going to pray that God does a miracle in their lives and then we're going to pray a bold prayer that God uses us to be a part of that miracle. Let's just pray. Just that person on your mind, on your heart, lift them up right now. Jesus We come before you right now, the one who saved Paul as he was going to murder your followers on a road and considered him trustworthy and then called him into your service to to be a missionary for you. We're calling on you, Jesus, to save that guy, that girl, that son, that daughter, that person close to us, that person uh, far from us, that person that came to our mind, right now would you save that person Jesus right now even like work work in the heart work in the soul work in the mind of that person and then Jesus as a bold prayer would you use me like I'm thinking of mine right now Lord person I love but does not love like or even think you're real but I love him And everyone in this room, everyone listening that has that person or that couple on their heart and their mind, number one, give us prayers to pray. Bold, radical, consistent, continual prayers to pray. And then use us, whether it's one more opportunity to tell our story, whether it's one invitation to our home, whether it's, I'm just going to sit down and hear their story, bumps and all, anger and all language and all. Whatever it is, Lord, use us. Use us. Oh, what grace you used to save us. You saved me, God, when I shook my fist at you and despised you. You saved every one of us who call you Lord and Savior. So use us now as your vessels to to see this person, to see that one that you created and formed saved and brought into the kingdom of light for eternity. In your name we pray. Amen. See, it's not about keeping rules. It's not about how often I read this and did I, did I check off, did I get all my monthly reading in, although that's fantastic. And following the stuff in this Bible is spectacular. That'll give you a good life. But it's not about those things. It's not about remembering how awful of a person you used to be. It's about Jesus coming to earth to save mankind, you getting saved, and then, and then you and I sharing that story of mercy and grace with the world around us. That's the writing of Paul. He's writing to a church that's got some stuff messed up. He's writing to a leader who stepped into a hard situation, and he can't help himself but to say, the real thing that it's all about is people getting saved and having eternity with Jesus. Because when it all comes down to it, if we get all the rules right, we read all the the readings that we should do, and we, we go attend all the classes, and we remember how awful we once were, if we do all of that, at the end of the day, no one else is really getting affected by the transforming life of Jesus. It's about the lost being saved. That's why Jesus came. If being reminded about your sin issues and keeping rules was the point of being saved then why in the world did jesus give us the two greats in the bible the great commandment love god with all your heart soul mind and strength and then love people in the same way and the second great of the great commission which is then go and tell and see him saved and baptized and discipled and go to the ends of the earth if if the point was about me keeping all the rules why didn't that become the great great why didn't jesus say hey Love reading the Bible with all your devotion and your to-do lists, and, and don't forget to remember how bad you are, because <laughs> it's not the point. The point is love God, love people, and go, yep. and when we're here, we do need to go across the globe, but we also go across the, the, the office complex, across the street across the football field, across whatever it is, just cross the room. Just walk across the room sometimes. Because that person, just like the person in Timbuktu, might breathe their last breath and go to hell. So it's about walking across the room and talking to those people and telling them your story. I mean, there's a lot of important stuff in, in following Jesus and being a believer, but nothing replaces saving sinners. So if we're not committed to going to our neighbors and going to our families and those we see in pain, those that we see seeking and confused, if we're not committed to going on mission trips across the county and across the globe, then we've forgotten verses 15 and 16. We have to live on mission. That's why I love the the story of the the Free Rangers that we're going to be showing next week and the the Woodalls. Uh, Bruce Woodall is his name, the the husband. Uh, They're going to be here Sunday morning to share for about five minutes just what God's calling them into. They're selling, he's a doctor, they're selling their practice, their home, their cars, and they're going to live six months a year in Burma training them how to take care of field injuries. And we're not talking about, they're going to take care of sprained ankles, but we're talking about field injuries like people get shot by a wicked army. And they're spending their... They, their kids are go- grown and out of the home and they're going to, they're moving, they're answering the call to go and live on the mission field and train them how to do that. And then if somebody gets brought in on a helicopter or whatever that's been shot or wounded severely, he's going to operate on them. So they're going to be here to share on Sunday morning. They're going to be here with us that night to do a Q&A as we watch the movie. But, but really the, the movie is, is just story of God calling a family to be on mission. I don't know if he'll call any of y'all to do that kind of mission. Maybe you'll some of you will do something even crazier, which would be crazy because I've never made anybody crazier in Jesus' name. Uh, but, so maybe, but maybe the crazy thing is he's calling me to, I don't know, go full-time with this mission or, or to step into this ministry or, or to start doing this. Maybe the, the craziest thing you've never thought of is I'm gonna teach in, in children's church twice a month now. Kids used to freak me out, but God's telling me to do this. I'm excited. Just to say yes to Jesus is the point of life in Jesus. And so they're going to be here to, to share, and then we're going to watch this film. We're going to have a great time, and free candy, popcorn, soda's not bad with air conditioning. Uh, you know, so it won't be a bad thing. Invite your neighbors. Invite your friends. Just come and have a blast next Sunday night. I'm also excited about even membership coming up at the end of the service today. Uh, you know, what we're all about the two greats here at Hill Country Fellowship. Love God, love people, and go. And, and if you've maybe you've just been here for a, a few weeks or maybe a long time, you just want to know more about what, what drives us, what we're passionate about, where we're going, man, come and eat a free meal and, and, and hear about the story of HCF that, that is going to keep going with a dot, dot, dot until Jesus comes back. And find out who we are, that we live on mission, because verses 15 and 16 matter so much to us. Jesus came to save sinners, of whom we were all the foremost, and, and it's to display his glory that he can save anybody. And that's what we believe, so that's what we live out here at HCF. Paul writes about it more in, in Acts 20, as he as he's kind of wrapping up his his life uh, as a in ministry there it's coming near an end and and he says this my life is worth nothing unless I use it for finishing the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus the work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God you see telling people about about Jesus was a joy to him and it should always be a joy to us as long as we realize what God saved us from and what God saves us to do. That's what Acts 20, 24 is about. It's, it's me realizing what God saved me from, but then also saved me to do. He didn't just save me and say, here's your fire insurance, hang on. Hang on tight. Hide in a corner. Make sure that nothing bad happens to you. He didn't do that. He said, he said I have eternal life for you, but I also have something for you to do until you stop breathing there. So live on mission for me. That's the point that Paul's making there in Acts 20 and that, that he's telling Timothy in 1 Timothy 1. Because of that huge, sweet mercy, Paul's single ambition was to share about that amazing grace, how God could unconditionally loves us through Jesus Christ, how God pursued us because of love and He forgives us when we accept His love, when we accept that mercy. He has the mercy ready to give to us. He's like, hey, I'm going I'm to remove all the punishment and then I'm going to pour out grace on you. All you have to do is say yes to it. You do nothing to earn it. I freely give it, but you do have to accept it. God saved a guy like Paul, who was a blasphemer and a murderer. He also saved a guy like Jacob. We read about in the book of Genesis. This guy who, if, if he could make a right decision, he made the wrong one most of the time. I mean, he just, he was consistently, he was very consistent on screwing up. Grandson of Abraham, Abraham was given this promise, and then Isaac was given this promise, and then Jacob came along, and he just kept messing up. Failure after failure after failure. And God was committed to him, because he's like, it's not about you, Jacob, it's about what I can do through you. And in, in Genesis 28, we read this beautiful promise God makes him. And he says, I'm with you because I am. I'll protect you because I want to. I'll never leave you and I will finish giving you every blessing and promise that I promised to your granddad and your dad. You'll get it. And nothing you've done has earned that. I love you that much. I'm showing off in your life. That's what he was telling Jacob. That's the story we get from Jacob. Now, we do see Jacob make some changes near the end and, and, and begin to fall, but he still had some. He went from like having mostly lows to, you know, a lots, of, lots of roller coaster living, but God was just committed to Jacob simply because he loved. I'm going to prove that it's nothing you do that earns my love. And for those of us who are mindful, of it and we remember like, like verses 15 and 16 of 1 Timothy 1 tell us the main thing we should be doing is sharing with everyone we can about this good news this gospel, this story of redemption and salvation it sh- and it should be our, our most incredible joy to do it like, like Paul so our goal today in looking at this passage is are we actively proactively and routinely sharing our mercy stories what's your mercy story i don't really have one what are you saved yeah you got one maybe you need to figure it out i don't know if it's well you know i was raised in the church and then i don't remember much after that i spend some time figuring out your mercy story number one you have one number two you're supposed to share it So please don't be sharing with somebody, I don't know what happened. (laughs) Share with them the the way Jesus saved you and called you into new life and how he forgave you of sin and that it's available to them. Share with them the the salvation plan and the message of Jesus. Maybe you just need to go classic style, Romans Road. Maybe you, you need to just make it very personal and you just personalize the Romans Road. But you have a mercy story and are you sharing it? And if you're not, Why not? You were saved to tell the story of Jesus in your life. That's why you're left here. That's why I'm left here. When I'm in heaven, I don't have to worry about it. Everyone's a follower and a believer. But here, there's one thing that we do here that we're not going to do in heaven, and that's evangelize. Share the story of Jesus. And then in verse 16, when Paul talks about the great patience that Jesus had with him and he has with us, it connects us with 2 Peter 3, mainly verses 9 through 16, where, where Peter's just talking about this great patience that God has and why he has it, why he waits to, re, to redo things. Why are we in this world that seems to be crumbling and spinning downward and on a, on a free fall? Why, God? Why haven't you? Peter tells us very clearly in verse 9, 2 Peter 3, 9, he says, he's telling us about the consistent character of a merciful God, and he says, the Lord isn't really being slow about His promise, as some people think. No, He's being patient for your sake. He doesn't want anyone to be destroyed, but He wants everyone to repent. You see, that consistent character of a merciful God, it's about one who's always making a way where there is no way. Where nothing is deserved, he makes a way. Where it's impossible, he makes the possible happen. It's because he's motivated by love. I mean, that's even why he made us in the first place. He didn't have to create humanity. He was fine. The Trinity was fine on its own. He wanted to create something, someone's, that he could pour his love into. He's like, I don't need them for me. We're good. The three of us, Trinity, we are fully intact. We've been intact for eternity and we'd be intact for eternity if it was just us. But I want to create and then pour our love into, and I'll make them human, man and woman. I'm going to make a man. I'm going to make a woman. And then we're just going to pour our love into them. And then they're going to betray us and rebel. And then we're going to save them. And Jesus is going to cost you your life, but they're worth it because that's who we're making to love. He was motivated by love. That's what creation is. And then he says, hey, Vinton, I saved you. So go tell that person who's lost about me because I I made that person to pour my love into. And I made you and saved you so you could be the voice. That's what it's all about. That's what matters most. Then Peter goes on and in verses 11 through 14 of 2 Peter 3, he tells us how we need to live as followers of Jesus because people are messed up. They lie, they, they're deceived, they twist the truth. They, they make up major lies in the Bible and about the Bible. They even try to change the truth and say, ah, we figured out the gospel that no one before us ever figured out because we're so brilliant. So here's what it really means. This is what, this is what we really should do as followers of Jesus. So Peter's saying, they're going to mess up stuff. And so here's how you live while it's messy, until Jesus comes back. He says, live faithful and obedient. Live loving and compassionate in spite of them. Live pure and full of peace. Don't let them rob your peace. Be mindful of what matters most so that God's desire to save everyone, like verse 9 says, can happen at the highest level because in verse 16 or 15, Peter writes, our Lord's patience gives people time to be saved. This is what our beloved brother Paul also wrote to you with the wisdom God gave him, what we're reading today. He's connecting. Hey, we got the same story. That great patience is for lost people to get saved. It's not because God's twiddling his thumbs and doesn't know what to do. So how lovingly patient are we with those people who are boneheads or messed up or, or just depressed or just you know, venomously against the gospel, how lovingly patient are we? I'm so glad that God put patient people in my life. I was just a jerk to the gospel and to Christianity. And he put some of the most patiently loving people who just took it and took it and took it and loved me and loved me and loved me and prayed for me when I was like, that's the dumbest waste of breath. <laughs> okay, you want to waste your breath? Go ahead, loser. And they just kept praying. And then one day on the road in between San Marcos and Seguin on Highway 123, it, he broke through all of my facade I couldn't see anymore so I had to pull over on the side of the road and I spent hours just being broken before the Lord and I drove away fully following Jesus because faithful men and women were patient with me when I couldn't care less. So how patient are we being with others? And then Paul breaks into this beautiful doxology, this expression of praise in verse 17. He's He's saying, this is what God did for my life. And then he's just like, and here's who he is. I just can't help but break out and praise for him. And then he wraps up with this that seems like kind of an oddball ending to a a point. We call them chapters. He didn't really have chapters, but he was writing a point. And it seems so odd until you look at it in context of his story. And so in verses 18 through 20, he says, Timothy, my son, here are my instructions for you. Based on the prophetic words spoken about you earlier, He's letting everybody know. Now, this guy was called, may they help you fight well in the Lord's battles. Hang on Timothy, it's not always going to be easy. Cling to your faith in Christ and keep your conscience clear, for some people have deliberately violated their consciences. As a result, their faith has been shipwrecked. Hymenaeus and Alexander are two examples. How did I get like called out? Uh-oh. Awkward. I threw them out. And handed them over to Satan so they might not learn, so they might learn not to blaspheme God. They were adding in extras that aren't a part of the gospel. They were changing the story of Jesus. They were saying some weird stuff about the resurrection. They were trying to please mankind around them, which it was an occultic city. And Paul is saying here. Timothy, you stand firm, you stay the course. Remember, it's about salvation and Jesus saving people and mercy. So I had to boot them out because they were liars. But what he's really doing here is he's saying, there's hope for those guys. I just told you my story. I was the chief sinner of all. I was the foremost blasphemer. So these guys had to get booted out of the church for being liars and deceivers. But remember the point I just made they can be saved for the glory of God because he can break through anyone's life that's the biggest takeaway we get there and he says I handed him over to Satan that's hard sounding because it's hard nobody wants to do that but they were willful and they were deliberate and they were attacking the church and they were attacking the leaders and they were attacking Jesus and they were attacking Christianity they were changing the gospel and so he had to remove them But any blasphemer who is the foremost of all sinners can get saved. That was the point he was making. So no one in your life is beyond God's grace reach. That's the point. That's what matters most. It's the biggest takeaway for us. It's included because it's never too late for anyone. Those two guys still had the chance to say, just like Paul, even though I used to, Blaspheme the church and lie to the church and deceive people and lead them away from Jesus. Even though God had mercy on me and this is my story now, that was the point. It's why I love the the personal story that that Jesus stepped into in in Mark chapter five. This Jesus on a mission story for the craziest sinner you're ever going to read about. We we probably all heard about the demoniac getting saved and you know the. Depending on which, which uh, gospel or uh, book you're reading in, uh, one, one writes about one and one writes about an, a number of them. But there's these guys who are filled with, with demons. Jesus crosses the lake to go save them in, in Mark chapter 5. And we see him set this demoniac free. And then he calls him into, into service in the kingdom. This demoniac becomes a missionary evangelist telling others about what Jesus had done for them. And then people were amazed. And we're going to wrap it up with this today as we go into a time of worship. But we read, it says, uh, it says that after the guy got, got set free and then the demons went into the pigs and the pigs went off the mountain. I mean, can you imagine that scene? It says the herdsmen in the area fled to the nearby town and they spread the news as they ran. They weren't excited about the news, but they still spread it. They were unknown evangelists right there. People rushed out to see what had happened. A crowd gathered around Jesus. They saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons, 6,000 demons, if that's what it means. A legion was 6,000. He was sitting there fully clothed and perfectly sane, and they were all afraid. They're like, oh, uh, this is big. And then Jesus goes to get in the boat to leave, and the former demon-possessed man says, I got to go with you. You save me. And Jesus says, No. I have a job for you. I consider you trustworthy. And you're going to go into the towns around you, the ten towns called the Decapolis, and you're going to tell your story of freedom and salvation. And it says, I love this. You're going to tell them how merciful I've been. So the man started off and began to proclaim. He just did it. He's like, oh, okay, I can't get in the boat with you, but you got a job for me? I'm out. You just did that for me? I'll do anything you say, Jesus. So what is your, oh, what mercy story? I'm going to ask you to stand right now. We're going to go into time of worship. But what's your, oh, what mercy story? You have one, you know it. Maybe you need to spend some more time thinking it through. Because maybe you've never thought about being trustworthy to be a a voice for Jesus everywhere you go to all of those that you know that don't follow Jesus. What's your story? Are you telling it or not? Are you being vocal with it or you're like, well, they just got to figure it out? No, go and tell. Love God and love people by going and telling them about what Jesus did in your life because no one is outside of his reach. What is your, oh, what, mercy story? You've got one. It's amazing. Yours is the only one like it and someone out there needs to hear it. You are not responsible for their salvation, but you and I are responsible for the way we live out ours. Let's pray and let's commit to going and walking across the room, whatever that room is, and telling our story. Jesus, thank you for your salvation. Thank you for loving me so much. Thank you for saving my soul from hell and giving me eternal life with you. And thank you for leaving me here. Thank you for not taking me away right away to heaven eternal, where it would be absolutely peaceful and I'd never have a bump in the road, but you have left me here because you have a mission for me on this earth. You consider me trustworthy. You consider me worthy of sharing your story. As notorious as I once was, you saved me and your desire is that people would see your story in my life. So help each one of us in here to go, Jesus, I'm in. I'm all in. I'm all in. Help me to formulate my oh what mercy story, God. And then share it and live it out and give it away. Help me to help me to believe for the craziest sinner to get saved. So that your mercy and your grace can be seen and be evident in that story. So that we can speak out of doxology of our own a poetic expression of praise only to you because of all that you've done and all that you are. We worship you now, but help us to worship you with our lives and our mouths as we walk out these doors. In your name I pray. Amen. Thank you for listening. For more sermons and full service replays, visit our media page on hcfburnett.org and follow us on social media. God bless and have a great week.